<laughs> it's been a hot minute. Welcome to the Mackham Football Show. I'm Anf the Mackham, and today I am joined with David. Yeah, you call me wherever you want, mate. Where are we at? Oh, yeah. Uh, we've had a horrible week uh, from a Sunderland perspective. Two back-to-back defeats from weak opposition, shall we say. 2-0 lost to Plymouth, I think... Yeah, I've kind of written that off as more of a game that it was just lost chances, counter-attacking football, and 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 generally just not being clinical enough and being sussed out. Really, um, that style of play, that that style of game, has worked effectively for about eighty percent of the teams that have tried to do it this season. So I think that's going to be something we've got to come up against a lot this campaign. Um, and Huddersfield Town. I- they kind of set themselves up the same, but they had a lot more vulnerabilities um, than Plymouth. So we do get the goal, the Luke Odan goal. Essentially, they set themselves up the same way. Park a bus at the back and uh, catch us on the counter. Bury the t- two chances that they get, be clinical, and yeah, they get the points. Is that a fair summation, David, do you think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. What do you think we need to do to fix this? <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's a loaded well, first, question. You need to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, on target though, because yeah, you need to shoot on yeah. Plymouth, on target. The Plymouth preferably. game, we had twenty-five shots. By the way, with just yeah, four on target, like four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that to me says attacking issues. Yep. Um, your defense, by the looks of it, has gone downhill last couple of weeks okay which is also a concern um i don't know whether that's because you're playing the same thing every week and people are just learning to adapt to it mm-hmm. um and all your tactics are the same and again people are just adapting to it and they know the way around so yeah yeah so it's it's basically for you the tactical rigidness shall we say from uh, Morbius style that's yes. ca- causing us to drop points now yeah yeah I, I think there's not a few fa- there's a few fans that would disagree with you on that but the vast majority if they're watching the actual games they can't really argue um, if you know what you're coming up against you can prepare well for it it's as simple as that. We have one style of football. It did work for a good chunk of games, and it's causing a bit of a roller coaster. When the team are visibly in a good mood, a good momentum, it carries through the confidence when you're coming up against a team that just don't care what the opposition think. It's unbeatable nine times out of ten. But in the last couple of games, since the international break, at the very least, it has been one of those things where... Heads have dropped in moments. Um, the corner comes in. Oh, oh crap! What are we going to do here? Um, we're very weak from corners. Plymouth scored from a corner. <laughs> the the ping pong ball. Huddersfield scored from a corner. It's just I don't know. It's it's just too little. Um, too late. We always seem to have to try and fight back into games rather than bury the chances. Like you said, being clinical is is a concern now. Now. I have seen a lot of comments on on some of my videos and on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. It still says Twitter.com, by the way, so you can still call it Twitter. Um, that emphasise that gap, that that 
weakness up front of being clinical. We have four named strikers, but like I said in my one of my previous videos, four strikers fighting for one position, and they're not getting a good running of games. Um, here's a stat for you, and you can react to this one if you, if you like, David. The um, so the other Sunland, another another Sunland channel, only fools in SAFC, uh, came up with a lot of good stats for us. Our number one striker is Jack Clark. Then our actual strikers have about a fourth the amount of shots and um, a fifth of the amount of shots on target. So Clark had 19 shots in the last couple of games and um, I think it was 11 shots on target with uh, four goals, some, something like that. Um, watch his video to see the exact numbers that he, he, he pulled out. But Hamia <sighs> had a five, Rushin had six and like one shot on target each. It's just... How do, you, how do you get the strikers one shooting more but getting the the shots on target um practice and that's tr practice training um i think they need more confidence i think it probably could be a confidence thing as well um yeah i think actually trying to line up a shot instead of just trying to hoof it all the time probably will also help <sighs> I, I, to be fair, I think it's as basic as actually giving them the ball to have a shot. <laughs> we, yeah, if, if, if our number one person having the shots, and I think our number two is a... We have our left wing, our right wing, a cam, and then our defence having more shots than our strikers. Giving the balls to the strikers to have those shots, I think, is naturally going to make more shots go on target. Um, Jim, welcome along, mate. Thank you for, for, for popping in. It's a uh, nice, by all means, <laughs> let me know what you think in the, in the comments as well to this uh, striker situation. Um, but I also think there's another thing. Game time. We don't give the strikers enough game time. The stats are very skewed. Don't get me wrong. But if you're only having three games out of ten, if you're having four, three and a half games coming on as a sub for the last 20 minutes, those shot, shot numbers and those stats are going to be naturally low, right? So how do you get your strikers shooting more? Because they are known to put the ball in the back of the net. That's what they've been <laughs> recruited for. That's what they've been developed. That's how they've come a professional footballer, by putting that ball in the back of the net. If you're literally chopping off one of their key um, confidence factors, with which is game time, they're naturally not going to score as many goals as you think, right? Like, is, it, is, it that, is it that simple? Um, I mean, Sprekers, their main job is to score goals. That's what they're on the pitch to do. That's mm -hmm. what they're paid to do. Um, game time can be a fact. How many strikers have you got now? We've got four strikers fighting for one position. Sure. Yeah, so that's probably another issue, is you've got these four players who want to play, but there's only one position, one position available to play. Um... Which, if you're looking at it, is like, well, there's only a 25% chance I'm playing this weekend, and that's every weekend. So, to me, that screams, you have more players for that position than you're going to use. Mm -hmm. uh, it's putting stress on them to perform well, so they can get that starting position. 
Yeah. And there's also probably a confidence issue because if they're not starting, they're going to be, well, I clearly I'm not good enough, blah, 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 you know. I'm second, third, choice, um, fourth, choice, yeah. whatever that is. And it's. So I think the way of fixing that is to either. If you're going to stick with one striker, you need to get rid of some. Or mm -hmm. you change your um, formation up and you get two strikers on the pitch. That way you can have two starting and then say 60th minute you can swap the other two back on if you need to yeah so that way they're all getting game time um they're all getting experience they're all getting their confidence up and hopefully as well having two strikers that's double the chances of the ball going into that <laughs> i think you gotta what got it in gotta do one there mate they the, the formation won't work for that that style of player and i, I think you're very very um over was it like aware should i say but probably is a better word of how we currently set ourselves up and i think their opposition are as well four two three one back four um clark um dan neil and equala the, the choice center backs clark and roberts with joe bellingham and one of those four strikers up front <laughs> there's other players that are missing out in that midfield because of that where we currently select it as well i think competition for places when we're losing is the easiest thing to say, well, if you perform in, in training, you're likely to perform in the game, which is a really good philosophy to get those people motivated. But if they're only motivated by, I don't know, if, they, if they're not motivated to play, then um, we're, we're kind of like coming up with these um, alternatives to fit them into the squad when they're not, when they're not happy. Could it be, could it be that as well? Are we are we kind of shooting ourselves in the foot the with the way we're currently setting ourselves up for some players um, not getting any game time? I mean, if players aren't going to get game time at all, then I think that's both an issue with them and the club because obviously there's a reason they're not getting game time. Mm -hmm. But then, if the player's not, if the player's like, "Oh, I'm not getting any game time. What's the point in me trying?" Mm -hmm. Then that could also weigh on it. Um, but again, I think your main overall issue is that you're doing the same tactics from what I can see every day, every day, or every game, sorry. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if you're going to play the same tactics every week, you need to expect that your opponents are just going to counter every week. So, yeah. yeah. Something needs to change. I would start with formation having at least two strikers and go from there yeah so build from the top and, and work the way back yep on, on that part then in terms of working the way back would you stack the midfield and jeopardize how we're currently setting up at the back um what i would actually be really interested in seeing Sunderland do would be a 4-4-2 just a classic, the classic formation. Just a classic. I would love to see you just play play a classic four four two. See how that game goes, because I would bet that if you played a four four two, your defense would be solid. It's already pretty solid, but I think having those two extra people back would help you immensely. And then of course you've got the two strikers, which would be putting hopefully more shots on target which would bump up your goal-scoring opportunities through the roof as well. Yeah, and I think it does kind of know the competition in the middle of the park. So 
yeah I, I absolutely think that's that's a thing we should be trying at the very least because one the opposition will not know how to they haven't set themselves up to play against our four four two style they might be used to against it against other opposition but we yeah. then have two solid lines of defense if uh, if we're dropping back or inviting them on um we've got two target men both in the box splitting the defense rather than everybody just shepherding this one striker who's um <laughs> that's really easy to defend against so that again could be why um the shots are so slim and uh, few and far between for the strikers because if you've got three defenders hounding that one player like jack clark it's done against a lot with that it reduces our opportunity ted's popped in by the way welcome ted six yeah. nil obviously <laughs> we're I, was the game. Just, I was just gonna say if you look back at your games mm-hmm. the majority of your attacks revolve around jack clark on the left going yeah. down the left wing mm-hmm. trying to take on three or four people get absolutely surrounded and then he'll either shoot when he's not in a position to shoot yeah or he will try and pass to your striker who at this point is also being surrounded so I reckon having that one extra attacker to bring some of the defenders away from both Clark and the other striker would probably help immensely. Yeah, and that keeps the opportunity for the uh, other wing on the other side to collect anything yeah. that goes too far over. it's not... Yeah. Because with having more than one attacker, it's like... If you've got one attacker, it's like, right, they're going to try and whip the ball into him till he can score. Mm-hmm. Two of you just stick on him like glow. Shut like because if you shut him down, he's not doing anything all game. Uh, and QPR have just scored by the way. Really? Uh, it's still nil nil on my screen. A long ball over the top. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. While we're while we're streaming this, uh, QPR and Preston are in the fifty fourth minute. Ball whipped in, far post, and scruffed into the back of the net. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I'm about 30 seconds behind. Let's not do that on the watch long. Oh, what a backflip. His celebration's better than his goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, QPR in the lead against Preston off end. That's, that can only be good for Sunderland because of, obviously, Preston are um, on our heels in terms of points and what have you, whereas QPR are in the relegation zone and, and fighting for survival as we speak. So, yeah, good good, good point, I guess. Uh, a good three points if it does materialise. Um, yes, so, sorry. Thanks for the, the nice distraction with uh, not talking about Sunland, which is... <laughs> sorry. No, it's all right. It's been, it's been a horrible week to just, like, think about how we're setting ourselves up week in, week out for failure. Also, without trying to shoot my own horn, mm-hmm. I said before the Plymouth game, I... Think you would struggle? Oh, and we did. And statistically wise, you didn't. You like, if I look at the stats, you dominated. Twenty-four shots, sixty-sixty-seven uh, percent possession. You had five hundred and sixty-three passes to their two hundred and eighty. You had eighty-three percent pass accuracy, and fourteen corners. Like statistically wise, you should have won that game. But I think it was the fact that you've. Like twenty percent of your shot, uh, sorry, eighty percent of your shots weren't even on target. I think that's what let you down. Well, there was with the Plymouth game specifically. The keeper had an absolute worldly of a game as well. There was some really good saves that ended up hitting the um, the crossbar going wide because the keeper was just on on fire when he was needed to be. 
but it's burying the chances when we get them. We've had 25 chances essentially in that game. Why are none of them ending up in the back of the net? Um, and secondly, like when we're defending, we are forgetting how to sometimes. We're pulling players when we shouldn't. We're leaving gaps. We're a little bit switched off. So, yes, we can't. The game I went to with, with Birmingham City, the, we conceded that goal, which again was from a lapse in judgment and a lapse, like just a completely out the blue goal. Very typical. But at least in that one, we had the confidence going forward that their keeper was going to drop the ball. Their defence was going to try and push up. When the team just sits back in that 25 to the goal line marker and we're trying to get through a brick wall, we don't seem to know how to do it. We only ever attack down the wings. We hardly ever cut the ball through the middle. Our best opportunity in that Plymouth game was when we passed the ball straight through the middle of the park because nobody expected it from them. So it's like, try the unexpected sometimes. If you just come constantly bombard with the exact same thing, you get, it's easy to counteract, right? I think that's, I think yeah, that's ultimately our point. The thing doing, the problem is doing the same thing every week is teams will look at your previous games, see what you're doing, and come up with strategies to... Mm-hmm. It's basic team fight. It's basically like a team fighter, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going into like a tournament, take take free sports for example. Okay. If you're going into a t- tournament playing against teams, you're gonna look at their previous games, look at their strategies, and come up with counter strategies. It's the same thing, but it's football instead of say like Counter Strike, right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing the same thing every single week, teams gonna look at that and be like, right, this is how we counter it. And then when you come and play the game and you start doing the tactics that you've been doing for the last six weeks, they're going to go, right, this is how we counter it, and they're going to do it, and they're going to absolutely stomp you. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with that. The, the the only like addition I want to add on there, with the Plymouth goals, the first one was an absolute worldie. There's absolutely no way that Anthony Patterson could have stopped that goal. If we were maybe like a couple of yards closer to him when he was taking the shot, we stepped off and invited that shot on. It was like, go on, have a shot. You're 40 yards out of 30 yards or whatever it was out. That shot was an absolute rocket. It was never going to miss. Um, but we shouldn't have been allowed to have that shot in the first place. So that's that's the difference. Like, if you're going to be clinical, that's how you be clinical. Like, if we were yeah. to sit back a little bit, invite them on and catch them on the counter, I think we'd have a much better time based on, like, trying to catch their defenders out on, on, um, on the counter because they're expecting us to bombard them, send, like, eight, nine people behind the ball and then catch yeah. us. So if they're doing it the opposite way around, they're not really geared or set up to do that. So sometimes I think the way we carry ourselves forward, it leaves those gaps at the back. And like you said, it's predictable. The yeah. the other side of that, though, the Huddersfield game, Huddersfield were horrible, but we we were worse. That was one of the worst performances I've seen from the majority of the Sunderland team yeah, in, in years. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's as bad as when we lost 6-0 to Bolton Wanderers, but it was close. Um, I think we've now got the skill in our players to be much better. Um but it felt exactly the same. I know a 2-1 loss and a 6-0 loss should not feel... Like the 6-0 loss should feel like the end of the world. Well, it was for Lee Johnson, by the way. He got, got sacked after that game. 
But those two games had the exact same like <laughs> feeling at the end of the 90 for me. We should not be losing 2-1 to that weak Huddersfield team. It absolutely humbled them. Again, the stats, I don't know if you can find them for that Huddersfield game, but we dominated that one as yep. well. Um, Huddersfield, Sunderland, mm-hmm. Huddersfield. What, what's your stats? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, 27 shots to, uh, to their eight. Hell, uh, you had so, 70... so can, can, we had in the two games combined over 50 shots over 50 shots on one goal one goal yeah and it's from so you had 27 shots to their eight you had nine on target you had 77 percent possession you had triple their passes um <laughs> with 721 to their 219 you had 90 percent pass accuracy uh, and 10 corners to their four. So, I, th- I think what was... St- so, to statistically, you're dominating. It's just... The one statistic that matters... Getting the ball in the net is a massive problem. Yeah. yeah. And that happens when you don't have a goal from a known striker, apparently, since April. So... That is, no- that is an oof. It is a massive oof. So, have we recruited the right strikers? It Could it be that? Yes, we've hired young talent with potential, but potential doesn't get you goals. <laughs> nope. Quality squirt, skill not. and expertise does. So give them the expertise, but I think maybe have, having four, four really good potential players versus one or two with experience, that might have been the recruitment problem here. Um, if they if the potential was showing off, I think the, this discussion would be absolutely mute. But it's it's not, and when it's not, we need to we need to question it as a fan base. Why? Uh, Jim said, yeah. by the way, um, Equa, Hume, Huggins, plus some others needed a decent run in um, in the team to get going. Rushin could have could have been the answer, but he's not getting. But he's got a groin injury at the minute. That's why he was out. Burstow is the only one who's had a reasonable run of games, and he Rushin. Um, has had, I think it was five shots and three on target and burst off five and four on target. So those, when they're in the game, they are getting those shots, they are getting those opportunities, but that's in three games each. Five shots in three games for each striker. Yeah, it needs to be way higher. Mm-hmm. But the, the shots are coming from our wingers. Uh, the shots are coming from the midfield, so it's like, how do we balance that out? We need, Like you said, I think it is just simply change it to, change it to two up front. Yeah. It does mean... Does mean our midfield loses out on an extra position, so uh, maybe take out one of the CDMs and let them like recoup. So Dan and Dan Neal and Pierre Croix are our two holding central midfielders. Why not just have one? If we've only got two CDMs and one of them gets out injured, we're kind of screwed. Anyways, we're pushing Luke nine up, or we're putting uh, Huggins in that position. If we've got two for one position and four for one position, uh, two playing for two positions and four for one. Why not try and balance it out so it's two for one and uh, four for two? That, to me, makes more sense. Right? Am I, am I speaking gibberish there? No, I no, I, I agree. Um, I think also another possible function could be a 4-3-3. Three, three. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Mike's just come up with a, uh, another good way of doing it. Imagine, uh, he says, we're going to need a bigger net for us to score. That That's good, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> it would be accurate, but like, could you imagine if you get like half a goal based on like if you got it above the bar or something like that, like point two of goal? We like based on those shots, we would be winning games like 
five uh, nil. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just if you're not averaging twenty five shots a game, yeah. If they were all on target, you'd be scoring six, seven goals a game easily. I reckon. We should. I think we just need a confidence booster, and how we get that, I don't know. Jim says also agree. We are very one dimensional. If we can, if we have one DM, there you go, defensive midfielder, and all the others are attackers. Teams can break through us much easier and score. So opponents can defend and break when possible. But when we have the current two CDMs, our centre backs are going forward. I've noticed in our game we've had Dan Neal in the box. We've had Triantis. We've had Sealed. That Luke O nine, but both, both sealed and Luke O nine were in the box to get our goal against Huddersfield. By the way, so it's like why are they not strikers who were there to naturally do it rather than scruff it over the line? Don't get me wrong, I was absolutely buzzing when Luke O nine scored, but why are they not people who aren't strikers? It makes very very little sense to me. So yeah, I want to I want to talk about an elephant in the room as well. By the way, um. No, before I do that, Mike's just popped in. The fact of the matter is, the other sides, other sides, sorry, I've figured this out now. Sunderland playing, Tony needs to change it up and not rely on Clark and maybe put two strikers up front. That's my thoughts. You've reiterated what we've said, Mike, pretty yeah, much over the last... pretty much what we've both said. <laughs> 20, 20, 20 minutes. Set pieces are different, though. Set pieces... Yeah. Uh, putting the shortest man on the, on the post makes sense. As a man who's like... Fat, Five foot seven, five foot eight. I don't even know. I'm 172 centimeters. If anybody <laughs> can convert that into feet, um, I was always on the post because I'm broad. I'm short, but I'm broad, so it's it's a bit different. Oh, hello, hello. I think Brad from RWA has joined us. Hello. Good evening, Alf. Good evening. Um, good evening. So I'm going to start talking about that elephant I was talking about in the room now. Um, <laughs> there's been a couple of mentions from our fan base around Mo Mowbray out. Now <laughs> I'm going to say my two cents on it, and it kind of feeds into how that one-dimensional approach is is there. I think tactically we need a change. Whether it is Tony Mowbray leaving the club and getting a new manager to make those tactical changes, I think, I don't know, I think Tony Mowbray is more than capable of making those tactical changes that we need. So I think we need to put a little bit more faith in Tony. I genuinely do. Like If he, if he, if he screws up this game against Millwall, his, his time and his dates are numbered. We can't go on for a free losing streak against the teams that are just outside the relegation zone. 20th, then 21st, and now we're playing 19th. If we lose all three of those games, we might as well have been joining them. So if we're losing those three games in a row, I think his job is definitely going to be vocalised for the majority of the fan base. I'd like to keep him because I think he's quality. I, I, I think he's a, a really decent bloke as well. So... Um, I don't want that for him, but if it's the best thing for the club, that's ultimately what matters, right? We, we as a fan base want to, want to see us winning and want to see us challenging and putting putting in an effort. <laughs> that was the bare minimum, and we didn't do that against Huddersfield. We struggled to do that against Plymouth. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it, Itona? Um, As an outsider, yeah, <laughs> I would agree. Um. 
something's not working from the looks of the games, it's the tank tanks. Mm-hmm. And if he carries on the same, it has to get to the point of where you start looking like, well, there's, there's an issue with the tactics. Why is he not changing it? Um, and from what I've seen, I quite like Tony Mowbray as well. But you do need to start questioning mm-hmm. if he's fit for the job, if he's going to run the same tactics every week. Yeah. That's that's all I can add. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Brad? Mm-hmm. You alright? Yeah, yeah. What was the question? Sorry, I'm... Mowbray. Mowbray. Um, it out was the question, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Are you on your phone? Yeah, because um, my little sister's got the PC now. Got oh, yeah. Got yeah. around, so um, she wants the PC. I'm getting the laptop for Christmas, so yeah. Okay. Um, I'm Mowbray in, to be honest, at this moment in time, but um, obviously what you've just said, I'm for, for losing against Bill Wall. Obviously, we've been beaten by three teams in the relegation zone. It's just not acceptable, really, is it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Detona says uh, the club and the fans have different agendas in his opinion. Oh, their opinion. Sorry, I don't know if it's uh, uh, if his was the correct pronoun there. Um, if... what what Sorry, on that point, Detona, is... What is the fans' expectations? Because I think, from me, as a fan, I don't speak for every single fan. Obviously, I think we want to be back in the Premier League. I don't think we're ready with it, this current squad. We're clearly not. We would struggle. Um, I think we'd survive, but we'd definitely struggle. And we'd survive by the skin of our teeth. But I'd rather see us... My minimum expectation for this team is to, when when they go out on the pitch, to put the heart on their sleeves... Now, Luke O'Nine does that every every single week. He makes absolutely stupid mistakes. Um, Joe Bellingham, I think, is starting to like get bought into the cl- club's ethos a bit. Um, he's taking his time to get there. Um, I think he can be as good as, or if not better, than Ahmad Diallo was for us last season. He just needs, I don't know, sometimes a bit of bit of rotation, a bit of kick kick up the backside to get him into that mood on the day. He is a teenager after the, at the end of the day, so he is going to have some bad games. He's still learning the game, he's still learning his trade. Um, but I can't say if, off the top of my head, many other players that I think put in the 100% effort every single week. Um, maybe Equa as well. Um yeah, I, I, I can't. Um, Equan Ballard, there you go. That, I think that's my extent of everybody's putting in 100% every single time. Now, what do you think the, club, the club's expectations are? I think it is purely at the minute growth and whatever growth looks like um, from a club's perspective, from an organization's perspective, is purely cash. So, Premier League brings more cash, so that's their expectation. But if they can get on TV more. Or if they can sell an extra shirt that we don't like, or I don't like that yellow one, <laughs> um, then they're gonna they're gonna increase revenue streams. That's that's ultimately I think what their their main aim is. 
Brad? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the club expectations are, I think, when you kind of some experience, do you agree, Alf? Experience in what, sorry? Like, experience in players, because we haven't got that much like player experience, have we? Like, no. Like, basically a young squad, basically, pretty much. Mm. Um, I think the... I think our squad is about 23 of oldest to actually create in our squad, if you know what I mean. I'm trying to, like, elaborate. Just yeah. trying to yeah, get yeah. your words out. No, no, so so um, the way I took your experience question was more like the club owners having more um, now surround long-term planning for the club. So I'm glad you clarified oh. on that. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of experience on the pitch, Corey Evans is our, I think, our oldest player, but like, He's been injured for a while now, and as soon as he yeah. comes back, he like I don't, I don't. David, do you know who Corey Evans is? Nope. <laughs> it's been that. It's genuinely been that long. You've been watching Sunland streams with us for about a year now. A year right? and a half. Yeah, year and a half. There you go. And I think the last, I think the first game you watched, so you might have got injured on it. He was essentially Pierre Equar mixed in with Luke Nine. So. Nice. Essential to our central defensive midfield, essentially. Um, yeah. uh, he's an, an, an Irish international. He's he's basically just really good and should be at um, should be at the playoff level of the championship at least um, in terms of his quality. But he hasn't played a single game for us this entire season. Been too long. Um, but yeah, experience heads. Bradley Dack, who's come in, is one of our oldest. He's like twenty nine. Uh, Pritchard also twenty nine. Both of them didn't even start the game. Uh, Luke nine, I think, is twenty seven. He's obviously our our talisman. He's our captain now. Who took over from Corey Evans? Um, but we everybody else is early twenties in the or in the teens. And I, I don't I don't I think the age is kind of irrespective. I think it's just about their personal maturity. You can be absolutely mature and ready and physically ready for the Premier League or top flight football at the age of. 16, 17, look at Regan, look at Bellingham. I think they're strong, strong, talented kids, essentially. But are they <laughs> are they aware of how to come up against somebody like, let's say if you're still playing Joey Barton or um, what's he called, Balotelli or some, somebody like that, some big physical <laughs> unit? Yes, they can. Zlatan. Yeah, there's Latans. Do they know how to deal with that mentally or are they just going to be caught in awe so yeah i think maturity is a is a is a good thing to to call out but i think our current squad because they're that young and talented they see themselves as a threat and does like i don't know if it's an, an entitlement to win but just because you've got the talent doesn't mean you've got the uh the nous to do it so yeah it's a different one um, in terms of uh, Ditona's clarified on the question, by the way, fans want to get to the Premier League. Club more interested in development at the moment. I think both of those goals can align. It's just you've got to have the perfect mix, Ditona. Hey up, Mr. Barnsley, welcome along. Um, Jack Clark said he would stay as long as Tony Mowbray was manager, so a transfer window would be tricky. He's just under five foot eleven, so only three centimeters. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad how everybody's putting into centimetres now. That's good. Um, hope you get a call from Mr. Barnsley. What? Hope you get a call from Mr. Barnsley. Don't want Leeds and Sheffield getting him. Uh, I mean, 
I don't, I don't really know with the January, the January transfer windows. I know what we need. We need an experienced striker. But beyond that, I think we're okay. And Jack Clark Sting would be a, a huge one to lose. But yeah, that's 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 another point. Um, yeah. Yeah, but what's your thoughts on it? So I'm just trying to pour it into words. Um, in terms of where Sunderland's at at the minute? Yeah. I think you're not, for whatever reason, you're not performing as good as last season. Um, I think if you were to go up to the Premier League last season, I think you would <laughs> you would currently be where Burnley are. Yeah, um, and surprisingly not where Luton are. I mean, they're still they're still well great. within it. That's, that's what, yeah, they're, they're still struggling, but Luton are doing a lot better. They are, than most they people. are out there. They're, they are four points clear of it. To be fair to them, <laughs> um, because they were gifted, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's just I I think your I think your team needs to be changed, whether in players, mm-hmm. formations, etc. I can't really say too much because I I don't know much about mm-hmm. football tactics. Like I know bare minimum, but it's wow. something obviously needs to change. Um, I would say starting with two strikers is probably a good start. Seeing how it does. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I. Would probably say I think you. I think you. I don't know if you. You probably won't want to, but I think you probably should stay in the championship, mm-hmm. probably for at least at least one more season, um, and try and build a team that is Premier League ready, because um, like I just said, I think if you go up to the Premier League now, you're just gonna come mm. straight back down again, and yeah. that's not being. That's not me saying. Oh, your team's shit. It's just saying. I think there's just such a massive skill gap between championship teams and Premier League teams that it's hard to keep up with. Yeah, um, no. I think funds is a big issue as well. It comes into play for it. Um, uh, but yeah, that's yeah. It, obviously, there's a lot of balancing of the books when we go to the Premier League. The the. To me, I think we've got to give Mowbray a little bit more time. Obviously, the club feel that as well. I, I don't want us to be brash. I don't want us to um, have to be on the hunt for another um, head coach. Sorry, I, I keep calling him the manager. He's a head coach. So he his players are not necessarily his choices. We've got one player that has joined Sunderland that um, he, he chose out, and it was on a free transfer. So it's purely just a wages thing. And that's obviously Bradley Dack from Blackburn. Now, Bradley Dak hasn't featured that much. I think he's played seven games, and some of that, most of them are off the bench. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a strange one. Like if you've got a favourite player at another club, he comes to your club, you'd expect that manager to embed him and onboard him uh, as part of the natural fold. But obviously, not not sure too much of a favouritism there. But the fact that he's he's Dak eventually started to uh, get on the pitch and he hasn't maintained his position tells me there's something wrong with that. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Bye, Brad. Oh. <laughs> Catch you in a bit. Um, I I think we're just in a in a in an awkward, tricky position. 
I do feel now that November's out of the way, the four games in November, they, they were too spread apart because of that international break. Uh, it broke up our momentum from beating Birmingham to then losing against these two last opposition players, uh, opposition team, sorry. We have a absolute cluster of fixtures in December. Um, I'm just going to get the exact number because I've spouted so many different numbers um, of games that we're playing in December. We've got one tomorrow against Millwall. This one, I think, might be the make or break of our entire season, which is a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, um, I know it's early days, but I generally think if you lose against Millwall tomorrow, mm-hmm. you need to desperately think about what you can do to basically improve your team next year. Um, if you're, like you said, if you're losing to the bottom three teams in the championship, the, the team's just outside the relegation zone. So yeah, yeah, that to me says you're staying in the championship this season. Yep. I don't think you'll go down, but I don't think you'll, I, I'm probably going to say you're going to finish mid-table. mid-table. Where we are right now. Um, Where you currently are, yeah. I don't think you're going to go, I think you're going to stay where you are. Yeah. So the way I would look at it is if you win, then great. You've won a game. You can reset. I would still look at changing tactics and try and improve. Um, but if you lose, I think it's going to be like, right, we're going to do enough to stay up, but we're going to look and plan for next season. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just so you, you, you're aware, and the actual number is seven. We've got seven fixtures in December. Millwall. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just oh, this is league fixtures, by the way, as well. So you've got Millwall, and then I, I think if we lose to Millwall, we're not picking up any points up until the Bristol City game. But if we win against Millwall, we'll have a bit of momentum for the West Brom and Leeds game. We've got Bristol City, Coventry City, Hull, and Rotherham. On paper, we should be, be we should be beating, and this is just on paper. We'll probably do the typical and do the absolute polar opposite of this. We should be beating Millwall. We should be getting a point against West Brom. We would struggle against Leeds because they're Leeds and they have Premier League quality players still in their squad. So maybe four points out of the first three games. Bristol City, we should be beating based on our expectations. Coventry City is a draw again. Hull City lucky to get a point on that one maybe a draw or a loss and Rotherham we should be beating so we should win three of those seven games draw two of them and lose the other two so I think if you look at the end of September uh, September at the end of December and we have those results we've expect we've res- we've delivered as per expectancy I, I guess but still not great what what we really want to see is seven wins right <laughs> I think it's literally that 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 that's simple how many games has uh, your team got in December? And <laughs> uh, I, I know, like, there's always um, more fixtures in December because you've got the Boxing One, Day, the two, Christmas, the, the three, New Year's Eve. Four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. Fi- fixtures. Yep. What? So we got one, two. Ah, that's because you're still play- you're four, playing the Europa five, League, aren't you? And the yeah, so we got six Prem and two one year Europe, Europa, and then one Carabao uh, EFL Quarter Cup, and then you've got three games in February, uh, January, <laughs> and then we got three games in yeah, 
<laughs> it just doesn't seem to work out like the way you'd oh, expect it to. Oh, we're playing the mags on bloody New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Snake Magic back. I mean, I, I I don't think we need that much from our January transfer. Magic, maybe. Um, Robin, welcome along, mate. Thank you very much for swinging by. I know it's... Uh, a bit late or a bit earlier where you're at. We have a tendency to show up against big clubs and not against teams we should beat, i.e. Huddersfield Town and Plymouth Argyle. So, yeah. Um, I'd rather pitch start than any uh, than come on um, And when we're chasing the game. We always seem to be chasing the game at the minute. That's our that's our flaw and our, our issue. But um, I have done number crunching and I am a, a little bit of a... Um, a nerd like that, shall we say? Um, year versus year, we are up. By the way, we are up on goal difference. We're up on games won. We're also up on games lost, though. It's we've t converted losses, uh, draws into wins or losses. So three points instead of one. So, I mean, like year on year, we're improving, but we've we've got so many gaps, so much to improve on that it feels like we should be worse off or we it feels it just feels like we're a poor quality team when statistically we're literally not so i don't know maybe we were the unknown we were the ipswich of last season um but this time around we've been sussed we've been caught out and teams know how we play so yeah i think ultimately we'll we'll start to to wrap it up there by the way and and Hopefully, we'll win tomorrow. We are kicking off at 3 o'clock, um, so there will be a, um, an awkward watch-along because it's always difficult to get the... Uh, the was it the call? Uh, the football blackout? Something like that? QPR 2-0, by the way. How? How is this happening? So QPR will climb out of the relegation zone and the team that beat us drops into it ahead of this weekend in Huddersfield Town, uh, based on goal difference. Both on 19 points. Um, QPR now on minus 12, and Huddersfield on minus 13. So, yeah, we got beat by a team last week who are now in the relegation zone. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, quite a few players uh, seem under par at the minute. Really good point. It's a good sign that we're in, uh, we're annoyed if they play poorly instead of it being the usual. Hopefully, Serkins, Alicia return will help, and Matete and Evans around the turn of the year. Have you have you ever seen Jim Matete either? No. Have you seen Aji Alicia? No. How long have I been watching Sunderland? I joined. No, I can't have been watching for a year and a half. I joined halfway through last season. Yeah, that's a year. That's about a year then. Halfway through last yeah, season yeah. would be like January this yeah. this time, like around this time last year then. Yeah, about yeah, just over a year, I guess. The fact that you're not you don't know like how these these players are on the pitch for me is a telltale sign that they have been missing quite some time, and when they have been here and fit, it's been what's it called. I mean, some Invisible. Prem players have that too. It's just like you wouldn't know they're on the pitch unless they score a game assist. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily that. It's just more like they're having an impact on the game. Like making a good tackle, I think, is for me <laughs> more important than scoring uh, a tap in from two yards out. 
Like yeah, the, the name shows up on the the the, the score sheet and the, the history books, but like the tackle is what I'm gonna remember more than that, you know what I mean? I think that's just me being more like of a defender than anything else though. Um I do like a good I do like a good like strong slide tackle. Best uh, offense is a good defense. Isn't that is that basketball? I don't know. That's many things in life. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Martial arts. Martial arts, yes. Um <laughs> sorry. That was funny. One of the uh Preston just tried to like just absolutely blast the ball and he must have caught it on the outside of his boot and it's pinged up in the air. Uh I'm about to watch it. Um but anyways, we Never been thrilled about my tete, but most everyone else seems to be. Nah. <laughs> yeah, but you number seen 13. It. Yeah, number 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure either about my tete. Uh, I'm going to quickly grab a drink, mate. Uh, no problem. I, I'll probably, by the time you get back, I'll probably uh, be done on the stream. With Jim Tete, I always classed him as the skillful clown. So he was. One of those players that try to do the Ronaldo, try to do the the roundabout Back. steps. Oh, that was very quick. He, I, you forget my desk is in my kitchen now. <laughs> yes, I do forget that. Um, he he just steps over the ball. He does all of these fancy tricks, but then and he can break past players no like with ease. But then he does the basic thing of like passing from two like five yards away and somehow messes that up. So <laughs> he he's a very skillful player, um, but he acts like a clown sometimes. Very immature. Um, that, that that I think is essentially can be passed on to a lot of our players now. Um, and on that note, I want us to go off with a positive Sunland predictions for tomorrow, and uh, we'll do the watch along and hopefully hopefully see everybody who's popped in here there as well. I'm going to say we're getting a point, <laughs> going for a one-one draw on that one. David, what are you saying for the game? I can't even remember what I predicted. I think it's a 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one to Sunderland. I think I said 2-1. I can't remember what I said. Thank goodness. Um, Millwall, our opposition that we are playing tomorrow, have won... Uh, lost six of their nine home games so far this season. Um, it's not like them. They, they seem to have a bit of an issue. Um, they've won one game under their new gaffer, uh, lost the rest... Um, Second Gary Rowett, not sure it was the right decision. They are in a, a transition period, and that's the typical time for those teams to win uh, when they come up against us. So let's hope that they're still in the transition period and we exploit their gaps. That's it. <laughs> let's have a lovely afternoon. Catch you on the next one. Bye. 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 <laughs> I, I don't. Know how, I don't know how to outro though.